Welcome to Our Shoreline, Your Horizon, a podcast by Dan Casey, featuring business and economic development news from St. Clair County, Michigan. Stretch your horizons in the beautiful shoreline communities of St. Clair County, home to one of the nation's busiest international border crossings. Learn more at edascc.com. Welcome to today's Our Shoreline, Your Horizon podcast. I'm Dan Casey with the EDA of St. Clair County, and today I'm going to be talking about workforce development with Shannon Cruikshank, who's the Regional VP of Business Development for NCTS Corporation. So, Shannon, thank you for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me, Dan. Absolutely. So it goes without saying that employee training is beneficial for organizations of any size. Industry trends, regulations, and in-demand skills are always changing. And if a company neglects its employees' training or development, it puts the company's future success at risk. So a strong training and development program can increase employee engagement and retention rates, and it has some other long and short-term benefits as well. So at the risk of losing my audience at the beginning of today's podcast, let me give you a, a couple of stats from a recent study that was documented on the Lorman blog. And I found these quite interesting. Nearly 59% of employees claim they had no workplace training and that most of their skills were self-taught. And yet 74% of workers are willing to learn new skills in order to remain employable. So that's one step. Here's another one. 70% of employees would be somewhat likely to leave their current job to work for an organization known for investing in employee development and learning. And then lastly, retention rates rise 30 to 50% for companies with strong learning cultures. So clearly employees value training and employers should be motivated to give it to them. As an expert in the field, why do you think employee training is so important to successful business operations? Well, I'm not surprised by those stats at all. So when we see actually companies spending time and resources and just efforts to bring in employees, especially in this type of market, right? And all of these efforts happen and they get someone in the door and they get, um, you know, training going just to onboard them. And that training stops and they get them into their position. And maybe some training happens where, you know, safety or their, their, their current position. But those employees, what they want is they want a real pathway into a real career. And so we have a little bit of a mismatch here. And so they want to see a pathway to that next position. They want to see a pathway to that career that was talked about in that hiring process. That's the retention piece. Employees are looking for that more than ever right now. And they have a little bit of that edge in this labor market right now. So that's a big piece. I mean, I think employers have definitely, you know, spent time in training and safety. And when they invest in new technology and they're spending that time and money to train their employees on their equipment and their changes, but they also have to maybe step back and think about what about the personal development of those employees. It's okay to align it with their company goals, but that's a very important piece to those employees. That's what employees are looking for right now. You know, one of the stats that I saw relates to millennials, and it kind of speaks to what you just said, that a lot of millennials, you know, they delayed a little while before they generally got into the workforce. But once they joined the workforce, they decided that company culture was really important to them and that they wanted to be in an environment where companies valued their skills 
and we're willing to work with them to develop them further. So that's all very important. And I know that here at NCTS, which is the National Corporate Training Solutions company that you work for, that's what you, your company is, is trying to do is to assist others in investing in their current workforce. So what are some of the types of industries that you're working with currently? So we currently work with advanced manufacturing. Uh, we work with tech. We work with healthcare. I think right now in the past 18 months, we're seeing more healthcare. I'm seeing more nonprofit. And I think those are probably easily explained. Watching the environment we're in, it makes, it makes a lot of sense to me. I'm seeing a lot of nonprofit reach out and saying, can you help me with programs? We're trying to put people to work. And so those programs are really unique programs where communities coming together and we're putting programs together to help the community. I'm seeing more healthcare reach out where I haven't seen that in the past. They seemed to be their own machine in the past. Um, so that's been a change that I have witnessed uh, ramp up fast. So not to by any means dismiss manufacturing because that training has stayed steadfast for some of them. But during the past 18 months, some of that has dwindled off. And I think it's important to recognize that still needed to move forward. And you can recognize in some of those industries in manufacturing, um, the ones that plugged forward and the ones that didn't, you know, some of those stayed kind of true to the training plans. And now I know there's a lot of factors that went um, into the last 18 months in a downturn. There's more than training that goes on during a downturn. Um, it takes a lot to keep, you know, going, right? Um, so the, the employees of the ones we did do training for, when I would read those evaluations, you could see in the comments how grateful they were and how happy they were to be able to learn those new skill sets, even though they were in such a time that they knew the company was, um, you know, probably making a sacrifice to keep those going. We have never really seen a time like we're experiencing Absolutely. right now. And you mentioned healthcare and manufacturing in particular, even nonprofits. But I, I would just, I think healthcare is the one that jumps out at me because typically, say a hospital system, for example, will have all of the people and resources they need to take care of this in-house. So they might contract with a training agency, but generally they have all the HR staff that they need and uh, they have training experts and other people that can help to organize these, these classes, you know, through the process. However, when a labor market gets as tight as it is right now, um, even healthcare systems have to reach out um, for help. And Absolutely. so I think that's probably what, what we're seeing right now. Absolutely. An overflow of their own resources. They've tapped out their own resources. That's right. Absolutely. Can you give me some examples of some of the types of training programs that you've been organizing recently? Sure. So, you know, trainings can go anywhere from a single training to an entire training plan. And again, it goes back to, and I speak a lot of this last 18 months, and so many factors go into this last 18 months. And so if somebody can get, you know, one training in, they were. 
And I, I think back to this one um, company recently who, you know, they did their best to plug forward on this entire training plan. And it's no easy feat. So they pulled together this training plan that they uh, started prior to the um, pandemic. And it was really aligned with their mission, their um, goals for the company. Well, we had aligned it with um, the time frame for going pro two years ago. Well, that didn't pan out during the pandemic. So fast forward, when the Going Pro was brought forward again for 21, we decided to go ahead and apply. And what we did is some customization and put together this training plan for them for an entire year. Took a little bit of effort, but we got their leadership together and aligned it with everything that they were doing with every department. And it had to do with project management. It had to do with their um, their customer base, customer growth, customer relations. It had to do with their leadership, their new leadership coming on board. We sat down with all their leadership and decision makers. So it takes a little bit of time up front. But once we had it in place, it was a year's worth of a plan. So sure, we can do one training at a time, and we're always happy to do that. But if you can take the time to put a plan together, and it doesn't have to be super formal. Sometimes once you start asking the questions and get together, it just starts to unfold. Now that we're at the end of this plan, and it just happens to be application time for Going Pro 22. So guess what's happening now? We're doing the extension of this plan, and we're just ramping it up for the next levels. So now all of that training has unfolded what the next um, needs are for that company. And we're going to just roll it right into the Going Pro 22. I love how this one unfolded. So you've mentioned the Going Pro Talent Fund a couple of times, and uh, it occurs to me that our viewers at home don't know what that is, so I thought we should take a minute to talk about that. So Going Pro Talent Fund has been around for a few years now, and it's basically it's a fund that's established by the state of Michigan, approved through the state legislature on an annual basis, so that's where they get the funding from. And then it's a statewide competition that companies apply for funding. And what they can get is $1,500 per employee for training, or if it's related to an apprenticeship program, it's, I think, $3,000. Correct me if I'm wrong on the numbers, but that that's... Sounds right so far. Sounds right. Okay. So it's quite a competition. And, uh, you know, and I'm very competitive and I want our companies to win as much of the money as possible. And every year it seems like the west side of the state gets the lion's share of the funding. I don't know why that is. But so anyway, the other thing is, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, manufacturing because that's our biggest industry in this county in this region, but literally any company that has a training need can apply. And so this year we've been making a special emphasis in healthcare and other places to get the word out about the program. So just talk about that for a little bit, would you? Sure. That is true. The west side of the state seems to get um, a large amount compared to us here on the east side of the state. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. We just have to apply. We have needs here. We, you know, applying is as easy as applying. We can sit down with our um, companies. I have so many uh, organizations that are willing to sit down. So myself and CTS, we have other training partners in our area that we know are willing to do that. The EDA, Michigan Works, every one of us want to sit down with these companies, help them with their applications, take that burden off them, get those applications in, get that money here, get them awarded, and get training. 
you know, and at the end of the day, um, I don't find those applications to be that difficult because if they think about an informal or formal training plan that they already have in place, that application is really halfway done. So the narrative piece of that application is probably halfway done as well. It's really, you know, it's probably on their website. It's part of their HR reporting, how many people they have, what their mission is, what their business reason for growth is. Any of those companies that have plans for going after a new contract, opening a new shift, going after a new territory, there is a dozen reasons why they should be going after that funding. I think now more than ever, that money is easier to get just because I think the state of Michigan wants us all to improve, fill our vacancies, move forward, grow. Any one of us are willing to sit down and help them perfect that application. And I think that's kind of proof with the ones we've already done before. There's just not a lot of them who apply. So we're in, a, you know, as I said, I'm pretty competitive, but we're in a competitive environment too, mm-hmm. where regions and communities are competing for talent. Employers are competing for talent. People are competing for jobs. So everybody wants to to have the skills that they need to have um, a career pathway that they can follow to get them to the best success that you know that they can get to. And so um, I think the Going Pro Talent Fund is certainly one way to begin that process down the road. But it ta- certainly takes experts like you and and the team that you work with to make that happen as well. So we just have a minute left and then to wrap up today. But do you have any words of advice that you can give to companies to help them with their their training of their workforce? Well, I would even just say one more thing about the funding available. It's not just for the the big manufacturing and the big hospitals out there. Even the smaller companies out there, you know, restaurants, hospitality, small service industries, financial. I know there's improvement. I know they're thinking about ways to improve, especially in a downturn or emerging out of a downturn. This is the time to make those goals achievable. So I would say reach out to your um, partners and the organizations in our community and they'll get you to the right resources. Reach out to Michigan Works. Reach out to the training partners such as myself. Reach out to the EDA. We're all here to get you to the right resources. Thank you, Shannon. I appreciate you being on the podcast today and for your insight. And I want to thank our viewers for tuning in to Our Shoreline, Your Horizon. I'll catch you on the next sale. Thanks for listening. To hear more, visit the podcast page at WGRT.com or find Our Shoreline, Your Horizon on your favorite podcast app.